0: I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off. Hi, this is Sean Clinch, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave Podcast. And we are extremely grateful for each of you, the listener and or the viewer. Of course, you can view all of our podcast episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and on Vimeo. And as we continue to grow, we have to continue to invest in ourselves to improve the product. And if you are... At that point, and you feel somewhat generous, be sure to log on to Buzzsprout, which all of our audio-only podcasts are, and click on the episode and scroll all the way to the bottom, and you'll see a link to a website called Buy Me a Coffee. Just click on that and donate whatever you feel like or whatever you're comfortable with, and I promise you we will reinvest that into continuing to improve this podcast. As for the next episode, let's ride. Yep, that is the look of Longhorn fans, even the day after. And there needs to be a ton of coffee consumed today. Um, not for celebration, not for ha- being optimistic about what this team is has ahead of them as far as the next few games. Of course, I do want to press the brakes on all those thoughts after this Wow, fifty-five to forty-eight loss to Oklahoma—a game in which Texas—I hate to rehash because a lot of you are well aware what happened. Texas jumped out to a twenty-eight to seven lead, and then it was basically two different games in one. Texas owned the first half; Oklahoma owned the pretty much all of the second half. Of course, Texas did have a nice little lead, double-digit lead, I believe, heading into the fourth quarter. Um, I made the trip to the Cotton Bowl yesterday uh, with a friend of mine, Brian Mays, uh, up to Dallas. First time as a fan since 1992. Um, I thought Casey Thompson really did a wonderful job leading the offense, very composed. The offensive line was pretty good uh, for two quarters. Um, The opening the way the whole Longhorns opened the game with uh, Xavier Worthy, with that fake, the motion to the right, the fake that Casey did and turn, immediately turned to the left, Xavier Worthy broke a tackle and then up the sideline, and then the Texas uh, special teams and defense were a big factor um, as they jumped out to a 14-0 lead and then 28-7. to And, uh, you know, those of us, including myself, who have seen enough of these – been there for these. You watched at home more than likely. Um, even if you did go, you know that there are different waves, waves of emotion in this game. And, again, it's not always the best team that wins. However, I do believe that on this this time, I thought OU was the better team because they made the plays. Um, obviously, top five and will remain there in this latest AP top 25 that came out today um texas is number 25 in the ap poll and the sooners are up to number three of course the problem that i saw uh that everybody saw was uh, the missed tackles i had a friend of mine say in a text that uh the, jokingly that the longhorns need to go to tackling preschool a lot of missed tackles I know the Longhorns gave up over 600 yards of offense to the Sooners, which had struggled to date. Of course, the big move for OU was the same thing that happened last year. The Longhorns rattled him. He was out of his element, Um, and they brought in Caleb Williams, a great young future uh, quarterback for the Sooners. He was the difference, and then that opened up the running game with him being able to scramble, find receivers, And then the missed tackles really, truly hurt the Longhorns as they dropped to four and two on the year, two and one in the Big 12. They had 516 yards of their own offensive yards. And, you know, as I mentioned, Casey Thompson, five TDs. But let's face it here and let's be realistic. I don't see the criticism necessary for head coach Steve Sarkeesian because they are developing and utilizing what they have right now. And what they don't have right now is depth and the quality of talent developed in the trenches. Offensive line, number one. Defensive front, number two. They are going to need to replenish, upgrade, and develop more along those lines. And I think Coach Sarkeesian and that staff knew that that was going to be the project. That was what is going to be an issue for the Longhorns moving forward. You know, Bijan, 137 yards rushing, um, but those were on I think just four of four of his multiple carries. He gained a lot of yards. Texas had a really up and down game, but that first half was wonderful. Third quarter, Texas fault. There is nothing to criticize about UT's fight, and I'm not trying to be a homer here. I'm just being honest with you guys, honest with myself. Honest about this program, they're in a developmental stage, but also trying to overcome some systemic issues which have plagued this program for the over uh, over ten years, um, and that's been the problem. As for moving forward for the Longhorns, they got a whether you want to admit it or not, they got a tougher schedule beginning this next weekend as the other team from the state of Oklahoma. They are the next highest ranked team, and this is what Steve Sarkeesian had to say: "We'll find out what we're made of. Um, we've got to bounce back next week. We've got another uh, great football team coming to coming to DKR um, with an opportunity to uh, to get ourselves right before the bye, um, which I think we will. Um, you know, I think I love the heart and desire of our team, the mentality of our team, um, but this is uh, this uh, this one hurts." That's what sports about. You know, when you, when you play a, a tight game and a rivalry game, uh, it hurts. So we're going to have to pick ourselves back up uh, to play a really good opponent next week and then um, have the bye and then go into the second half of the season, um, you know, with an opportunity to see what we can do. And, you know, ultimately, um, you know, my mindset is I'd love to get another crack at these guys, hopefully in December. So that's that. Yeah, that's that. And and then the December is talking about the Big Twelve Championship. Now let, let's let's rewind a little bit. Texas is not lacking fight. Texas is not lacking physicality. It's just execution and the ability and the want to and the in, in adverse situations. Texas showed a lot of fight. I'm not gonna say and, and speak for everybody on the team that uh that they didn't fight. That they did. They came to this game ready to play. It's on the defensive side, and I'll use adjectives like abysmal, uh, lacking. Some of them not collectively. There were players on the defensive side who really were physical and brought it to the game. It's just I, I think with all of them playing heart with heart collectively, and with the level of physicality that you're going to knock that other of your opponent out. That's where Texas stands right now. Because now we look at really two good opponents. We have a sample set, um, that being Arkansas and Oklahoma. That's the one part. Defensively, they did make progress um, somewhat from the Arkansas game to Oklahoma, but now they got to work on putting teams away defensively, and that is where Texas stands. There has been some progress. I know it's hard to see with giving up 600 plus yards of offense, uh, and that 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 is a tough part. That is a st- significant piece and that's where the trenches people in the trenches um defensive line they got fatigued and there wasn't that physicality late in the game now just to add insult to injury and it's tough for a longhorn fan to accept this but let's just be realistic and accept the fact that oklahoma owns texas currently winners of 10 of the last 13 games and that's including the Big 12 Championship game in 2018. The Longhorns did win that regular season game that year, and it's just it's just a fact of reality. Now things will change moving forward. I would have uh, I, I would take a guess that that will change, and they're going to have some up roller coasters in this series. Texas still leads this series by about 12 games, but Oklahoma's closing the gap, and especially here in recent history. Oklahoma State comes to town almost close to being a top 10 team next Saturday at 11 a.m. Four consecutive 11 a.m. kickoffs. That one would be at DKR. So Texas honestly can win out and I would say control their own destiny of capturing that number two spot. Now OU could easily lose a couple of games and it, the texas doesn't need to worry about that just take care of themselves they can still play for the big 12 championship it's kind of similar to uh, what OU the position they were in in 2018 you know texas beat them OU stormed back and got back, you know one took care of themselves and got back into the big 12 championship game and won that the thing that really uh shocked me uh, after that game was the OU fans storming the field? I have never in my life seen a team's fans storm the field at the Cotton Bowl, and I, I don't know, I don't know why. Because they have owned a UT's number for quite some time, but it also just tells you how important this game is to both fan bases. Now, we usually keep it strictly Texas in this Sunday Monday podcast after a game, but I, I have to really give a shout out, and I think we all do of what occurred in College Station last night. Uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, and the Aggies finally got knocked off Alabama, who was number one in the country, had a significant win streak going, um, finally get knocked him out and on a special night in College Station. This was the scene as a kicker from Katy with the game-winning field goal. From 28 yards away for an Aggie upset win. And it's good. He got it, Jimbo, 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 Jimbo. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher dancing. Because the Aggies upset Alabama last night, electric game, uh, not a lot of defense there. And uh, it was also Jimbo Fisher's birthday. How about that? That's why they were celebrating like that. So, yeah, that's that was a special moment at College Station to all of our Aggie brothers and sisters. That was a big weekend for you guys. But, uh, yeah, that's worth celebrating. And that got A&M back into the rankings. And also, you know, our Power 10 that we – put out here stories inside the man cave. college football's power 10 OU moves up to number three uh, and Texas A&M now moves into that those group of teams right outside the power 10 knocking on the door so to speak and you can see that on our Twitter site at stories man cave and uh, also on our Facebook page and Instagram platform we will have much more for you later this week we get back to regular episodes One episode, and uh, we're working on that to find out who our guest is. And you can also check out all those Red River Robbery specials, seven different little mini-episodes with some uh, tremendous storytelling with some guests who either has ties to Oklahoma and Texas or were former players from both OU and Texas. So for the OGs, the Man Cave Boys, Big Mike, Coach Mo and Hardball Hards. We out.
1: You see the drippy unfitted up. I'm in my car in a giddy up.